it's Friday the 20th of October. I'm Miranda Sawyer and I've bashed out 800 words on something or other. Welcome back to Paper Cuts, the modern newspaper review, where we put all the papers in a big messy pile and belly flop into them like happy Labradors. Then we emerge with all the best bits on our teeth because we're very good dogs. We're very much enjoying being out five days a week and you're enjoying it too, hooray! Kev says, Papercuts is such a great podcast, it's really better than reading those rags. But without those rags, we wouldn't exist, Kev. Now, here are the headlines for today's show. In his prime, Prime Minister Rishi Sunak's having a terrible time these days. Loving the alien, why we're all dating Americans, according to The Times. And how much is that robber in the window? Shoplifter poses as mannequin, fools everyone. Welcome to Papercuts. We read the papers so you don't have to. Thanks for joining us on Papercuts, where we've got an opinion for the usual word rate. I'm Miranda Sawyer, and with me on the show today is The Guardian sketch writer, whose brilliant columns have been collected into a book, Depraved New World, out very soon. It's John Crace. Hello, John. Hi there. Also with us is comic writer and creator of the excellent detective Roger Le Carre, star of Once Upon a Crime, out in paperback this very week. It's Fergus Craig. Hello. Hello. So what have we got on the front pages today, John? What are the headlines there? It's all fairly grim, as you would expect. On the ind- on the eye, we have fear grows that war will spread as UK and US tell their citizens to leave Lebanon. On the Telegraph, US troops in Middle East come under fire. The Guardian, warning that relief convoy for Gaza too little, too late. And on the mail, a long quote, there is no forgiveness for this thing, only total annihilation of Hamas. You will soon see Gaza from the inside. Mm, and that's what um, the uh, troops from Israel were told. Well, but yeah, by their defence minister yesterday. Mm. OK, Fergus, what do you have? I've got the Times. Uh, there's a picture of uh, Rishi Sunak with journalist murderer uh, bin Salman uh, in Saudi Arabia. It's, uh, the headline is, Do Your Bit to Ease Israel Crisis, Sunak Urges Saudis. The Daily Mirror has uh, something on the COVID inquiry. Rishi Sunak was yesterday called Dr. Death by someone, apparently. The headline is Reckless and Callous. That's what his own advisor branded him. The Sun has a piece on uh, the Memorial service for uh, Paul O'Grady, which took place yesterday. His husband said, my Paul died happy smoking a spliff. What a way to go. And uh, the Daily Star has uh, a story, which I think we're going to go into later, about a cunning thief who posed as a mannequin in order to <laughs> steal jewellery. Um, more explanation to follow. But the headline is, freeze! I think we should do that story right now. Let's do this story because it's such a great story. So it's it's in quite a lot of the papers. He's a man in Warsaw and he poses a shop dummy in a clothes shop. The best thing about it is, I have to say, the picture, isn't it? Yes, it's, it's worth seeking out just for the picture. <laughs> uh, there's uh, This guy is stood just outside the shop so he's not actually in the shop window he's holding a bag he's very still and he's pretending to be a mannequin he apparently did this for hours at first i was confused because why would you arrive at your crime 
hours beforehand. Why was that necessary? I think what he did is he wanted to establish himself in the in the shopping centre as a mannequin, as part <laughs> of the furniture, so that when they closed up the shopping centre, he could then stay in there and nip underneath and steal the shit. And yeah, he was in role. He was definitely yes, in role. Yeah. I mean, the thing that's quite funny about it is, he, so he's in this kind of window and there is a real mannequin a little bit next to him um, in a kind of T-shirt. And he's just in really normal clothes. I mean, he's just in a kind of hoodie, jeans and holding a, a shopping bag. I mean, it's not, there's not much, like if you saw that and that was a mannequin, you wouldn't rush to go and buy those clothes, would you? I'd love to know more about this. All the pieces, every paper is doing it, every tabloid anyway, and each piece is really small. It's all based around that picture. But I'd, I'd watch like a four-part Netflix documentary series <laughs> about this. Yeah. yeah. And also, I mean, I think we should congratulate him because he did actually do it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it's a, it did work. I mean, apart from the fact that everybody's got a photo of him and he's now been arrested. Yeah. It was actual... a thoroughly successful crime. Exactly. It was, a, it was a scheme that worked. It's the scheme that you think of when you're about seven, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Like you think, I would really like to spend the day, well, the night in the shopping mall. I'll pretend to be a mannequin. Nobody will notice. But then your mum always does. That's the scheme that he came yeah, up with. Yeah, after you've watched Toy Story. Exactly. And it worked. He's going to jail for 10 years. But, uh, uh, 10 years? <laughs> but in this country, we don't have room in jails. If it was here, he'd just be like, put in Big Brother or something. Now, Rishi Sunak, our dear Prime Minister, and the man Jason Hazley likes to call the Tetchy Dolly, is all over the papers today. How exciting for him. He's been very busy. Let's look at what he's been doing. John, first up, the Tetchy Dolly has hopped onto a plane and gone over to Israel and Saudi Arabia to show us all that he's a proper global statesman. You wrote about this yesterday, didn't you? What is he actually up to? A number of things. I mean, possibly he was trying to get out of the country while the by-elections were taking <laughs> place. So that gives him a good reason not to have to give explanations on the radio this morning. But also because he's sort of got this sort of burning urge, which all prime ministers get sooner or later. You know, the country isn't big enough for them. They want to be a global leader. They want to be a player on the world stage. And the trouble is that sort of Rishi Sunak looks like a head boy. Yeah. He doesn't look serious. I mean, someone like Tony Blair, when he went somewhere, you could imagine yourself, you know, you could imagine him as a serious player. But Rishi, somehow not. But is that not because we are not? If you are Netanyahu, then like the the if he turns up, you're not going to be that swayed by him. I mean, if Biden, you probably turns don't up, even know who he is. Yeah, possibly not. You know, you remember Boris, and then no one yeah. since. So like, it's that's the problem. It's not that Rishi Sunak's problem, although he's not particularly imposing. It's just that the UK isn't that important anymore. Well, yeah, and also, I mean, the very idea that sort of the UK has anything to add to, you know, creating peace in the Middle East. You know, that he'll turn up and say something to Netanyahu. Netanyahu, yeah, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. it does seem a bit odd, especially yeah. because Biden had been the mm. day before and kind of persuaded Israel to open the Rafa crossing from Egypt to Gaza yeah. so he could at least get some aid in. 
little bit. Well, I mean, the Americans are basically the only people that the Israelis really listen to anyway. So, you know, there was never going to be a big moment where... You know, he said anything, really. Yeah. It just, I mean, to be honest, it just looks like a photo op, doesn't it? It is. It's photo op performative politics. Yeah. And, OK, we, I feel like we should just really quickly talk about the by-elections that he's avoiding. <laughs> <laughs> so there's some, been some results that have come in this morning that haven't been covered on the papers because it wasn't mm. the right time. But um, Nadine Doris's seat in mid-beds. Yeah. That, um, that's been... Flipped. It's been flipped for Labour, hasn't it? Yeah. I mean, that one is the more of the surprise, actually, because that felt like the Lib Dem vote might actually kind of split the opposition to the Tories and allow the Tories to kind of sneak back in. I mean, not that, you know, having your majority cut from sort of 24,000 down to 2,000 would have been you know, anything much to write home about. But, I mean, the fact is that it's apparently the biggest turnaround since the 1940s or yeah. something. it says the greatest such result at a by-election since at least 1945, which sounds amazing. So um, Alistair Strathern, who took the mid-bed seat for Labour, overturned a majority of 24,664. And then there was another um, by-election, which was Tamworth, which was Chris Pincher's seat, and Labour won that one as well. Yeah, I mean, they will be absolutely cock-a-hoop. I mean, this morning, uh, Tory chairman Greg Hans has been out on the radio saying, I don't detect any great enthusiasm for Labour. <laughs> Finger on the pulse there. Yeah, exactly. So Fergus, whilst we're talking about lovely Rishi, he's popped up in the COVID inquiry, which has, yet again, given us some top-quality WhatsApp bitchery. Um, <laughs> what happened? Yes, at the COVID inquiry, uh, they've gone through the WhatsApps from various meetings that were taking place while it was all kicking off there. There was just the general thing that you would ex expect in any work meeting, Zoom meeting, you know, on the WhatsApp groups to be slagging off going on. This, at one stage, this wasn't about Rishi Sunak, but somebody um, messaged somebody else. These are top scientists messaging each other and someone said, who's this fuckwit? <laughs> <laughs> Which I think... I know, it, it, it makes me really warm to the scientists, I have to say, because yeah. they're literally like... So they're in this meeting, which is obviously some kind of Zoom meeting, which is like boring anyway and there you know there's other scientists who are, who, who are saying no what we should really do is stop lockdown let covid rip through everyone this is going to be great and um, angela mclean who was the chief scientific advisor mm. to the ministry of defense at this point said who is this fuckwit <laughs> yeah i mean it is fantastic isn't it i mean here we are the country was sort of in a state of terror hundreds of thousands of people could potentially die and the scientists still had personal animosity for one another. Yeah, great. Uh, right, which bit. is superb I, look. Understandable. I mean, yes, he, because of the eat out to help out thing, uh, which was considered uh, to be not helpful when you were trying to uh, <laughs> clamp down on a virus, he was referred to by one of his advisors as Dr. Death. I think he should embrace it. Yeah. It should I be agree. a rebranding because, as John said, he, he does come across like a head boy. He does come across like I think he comes across like a, a schoolboy playing the role of a prime minister in a school play. Mm. <laughs> like he's like he's like a sort of CBB's prime minister. Do you know what I mean? Every, he yeah. sounds I can't do an impression, but he sounds very CBB's in the way he says everything. It's like yeah. the Fisher Price prime minister. He's just sort of playing up the role of it. So but if, if he, he was, embraces the mm. Doctor Death thing, 
then... Yeah, it'll give him some edge. I mean, it can't get any worse. <laughs> <laughs> now, the polls. Yeah. You've, no, got to, it... you've got to take a, throw a Hail Mary pass, right? Now, there's been a couple of pieces in the Times over the past few days promoting international relations rather more appealingly than the Tetchy Dolly has managed. First up was a sweet piece by Kiara Brown. In this piece, Fergus, she discusses how the UK, well, London, is really rated highly by Americans and the amount of them living in the UK has been rising steadily since 2013. And she thinks it's because the UK, quote, has a dating scene that's more fun. Do you think she's mad? <laughs> um, potentially. Yes, it was a, a piece in the Times a couple of days ago and then there was another piece yesterday, wasn't there? Mm. Or, or today, was it? Suggesting that actually American men are better to date. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's one of those things that the Times sometimes does. So they, they commissioned this piece where she, where this American said, oh, we love, I really like British men. This is why I'm here. Da, 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 da. And it did really well. So then the Times thinks, oh, it's doing really well. We'll commission another piece that's a bit like that. And the and the second t- the second piece was about four British women and one British man writing about how they love dating stroke marrying Americans. Um, Kiara's piece, <laughs> there's a bit that I really like in it. She said she met British exchange students when she went to uni at Virginia who were impossibly cool because they wore black and chain smoked and shared house music tracks, which is just, you know, things don't change. <laughs> That's exactly what British people do. And she tried to get in with them, um, but adjusting to the heavy drinking was a challenge. America is a huge nation, as, you know, Britain's not that small. And you're able to sort of represent a whole nation, aren't you, as a personality? If yeah. you meet one Brit, you're like, well, British people are like this. Yeah. Um, I'm with an American. I have been for coming up to 20 years with an American. I mentioned this to her last night. I said, apparently, Americans like British men. And she just did not respond in any way. (laughs) (laughs) I did, yeah. So she had no insights. (laughs) No, none at all. I don't... Well, she just had a momentary lapse of judgment that she's never recovered from. (laughs) I don't know yet. I don't know how American she is. She's very sort of dry in her humour. The only way it's sort of affected my life is... Judge Judy, we've watched a lot of Judge Judy. Yeah, she has the confidence to send back food at a restaurant if Ooh. it's not good enough. And you, well, that is, yeah, that, that is, that that's impressive. Person. Yeah, right. Yeah, self worth. I think the, probably there is does seem to be a lot of Americans moving to Britain, and TikTok is full of it of yeah. Americans talking about Britain. One of the things that Chiara said, which I do think is quite good, because she's um, adjusted to the British way of life and um, uh, now she knows that heavy drinking, heavy drinking is important, she's learnt the expression tactical chunder, <laughs> 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 which I really like. Oh, yeah, just the person you want to go out with. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, she and her friends want to buy flats and flats as opposed to apartments, marry Brits and have children who call them mummy. So there you go. That's why they're here. Now, as we all know, Paper Cuts is hot for headlines. Snappy and silly, punchy and punny, we love those little guys. And we know you love them too, which is why every Friday we give you Paper Cuts' patented fix-the-headline competition. It's not really patented. This week, the star tells us that Vladimir Putin has been readying combat dolphins for surveillance operations around Ukraine. The headline, Mad Vlad Sends in Dolphins, which is... 
OK, not very imaginative. We know you can do better. We're at Papercut Show on X and Threads, so send us your fixes, tag it with Fix the Headline, and see if you can win a Papercuts T-shirt. What about today? Do we have any good headlines? John, in the star, what's this one? The, yeah, uh, this is one that um, is great for anyone who likes to work from home. It's the, the fact that you can get cash just for sitting around in your pants and knickers. Apparently, sounds very good. A lingerie brand called Pour Moi is advertising a dream job. and All you've got to do is sit around. Apparently, the lucky applicant are tasked with wearing the clobber while enjoying popular autumn activities. Such well, as? I, yeah, well, I mean, trick-or-treating, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> Conkers. Conkers, yeah. Yeah, yeah all um, these things, but at home. Yeah, uh, apparently this is a way of road testing uh, the knickers to make sure they're up to... Conkers. <laughs> anyway, and uh, the headline we got with that one is pay slips. Very good. Very okay. good. Ferg, what do you have? Uh, I've got an old man called Leonard. This is in the Daily Mirror. He's 107, and they've done what they always do and ask old people, why are you still alive? <laughs> and, and, uh, apparently, uh, he puts it down to the fact that uh, he's eaten a bowl of shredded wheat every morning for however long he's been doing that for. And uh, the headline is Shreddy Steady Go. Oh. And they've um, they've made the poor old bastard sit there with uh, a bowl of shredded wheat and have a photo taken with him. And there's very much the sense that when they finished taking the photo, he said, all right, are you done? <laughs> just, did he just... Can you leave me alone now to yeah. Be, yeah. just being 107? Thanks. He's been retired since 1981. What else do you have? Uh, I've got a story in The Sun about uh, Viagra, which has been uh, available uh, over the counter now, as we all know, uh, for a few years. And apparently, fellas who pop sex pills such as, as Viagra reckon they have been left with wonky willies. Wow. Uh, yes, there's been a few side effects reported. Um, there's a nice little quote here. There was no further details of why one man had his penis amputated. <laughs> mm. How part. wonky is a wonky willy? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't have one, so, you know, yeah, no, you're going to inform me. Well, let's have a look. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the headline is Viagra. That's the headline. <laughs> now, in the middle of the papers, you'll find the soft centre, the strawberry cream, the caramel swirl, the orange delight. Essentially, the sugary stuff that means you won't just break your teeth on the UK press's tough exterior. What sweet bits have we found? Ferg, you've got a very serious story from the mail, haven't you, about what happens to loved ones when they die? Yes. Uh, we all remember the uh, interview from Olivia Newton-John's daughter the other day in the mail, or perhaps we didn't, don't, but um, she said that her late mother visits her as an owl. An owl? Apparently. Yeah. So the Daily Mail has managed to spin this out into a double-page spread with uh, a medium by the name of TJ Higgs. It's not a very medium name, is it? It sounds like a... TJ, private. yeah. Yeah, it sounds like an American private eye. <laughs> it does, yeah. TJ Higgs investigates. <laughs> and um, she reckons when uh, different types of birds visit us, or indeed uh, other animals, then it signifies that uh, 
our former uh, loved one or whatever is is coming back to us to um, send us a message in some way, Mm. right? I'll I'll explain. Uh, So say, for example, if uh, a swan arrives, the water birds famously mate for life and for me are about love and relationships. If you are looking for a sign and connection with an everyday relationship and you keep coming across swans, they can be real or depictions of swans. This could be a good validation of your relationship. Could also mean that you live near swans, <laughs> I would suggest. You do the same walk every day, which yeah. many of us do with a dog. Yeah, well, I mean, I, thought, I feel there is... I feel sorry for the birds because they're, they're being robbed of their own identity here, aren't they? Well, they are a bit. I yeah. mean, they signify. They are now, yeah, they are now mere sort of totemic objects. And how do birds re-manifest themselves to other birds Maybe they when they died? Us. It's it's not just it's not just birds. Oh. She's done different animals. <laughs> She's done lion. She says. <laughs> This might indicate the need to find inner reserves of strength, perhaps when making an important decision. I suggest it also might indicate you're at a zoo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and if you're not at a zoo, you're, you're in need, trouble. You're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be dead soon and you're going to be one of these animals. I like the way that she's included feathers because, I mean, feathers are obviously quite common, but also the idea of a feather is a bit like... Your, your relative tried to come back as a bird <laughs> and didn't manage it. They just got like they got one little feather. There's no mention of pigeons. I see a lot of pigeons. Yeah, and I mean, maybe a lot of people have died that's, in your life. and it's, that's Yeah, why. that's your granny. Yeah. It has to be. Yeah. There's no other explanation. No. <laughs> John, you have a scary story from the sun, don't you? It's about an almost murder. Yeah, this is a fantastic story. Police in Warwickshire were alerted to a potential crime scene, a dead body, and they did what any self-respecting police force would do, which is sort of nothing. <laughs> for, 30, for 31 hours, they kind of staked it out, waited to see if the dead body would move... <laughs> Maybe it'll come back to life. I don't know. Um, it's not. It's not quite clear why they waited such a long time. Um, and eventually, but after thirty-one uh, hours, the police moved in um, and solved the crime because it turned out that the body wasn't a body. It was a discarded sex toy. A sex doll. Oh, sex doll. Well, <laughs> I mean, that oh, would yeah. be amazing if they'd roped off an area for a dildo. <laughs> for all this yeah. time for 31 hours yeah it was another dead person signifier um, <laughs> yeah and the, uh, the quotes on it are terrible oh uh, the quotes are not good yes. the officers had a big laugh about it apparently because it was a very dirty broken and overused sex doll mm. so I'd quite like any thoughts on what is the correct usage for a sex doll yeah when when is it you meant to be throwing it away at what yeah. point i mean there's another detail which i quite like from it which they say it could be worth up to 1500 pounds <laughs> could be could right. be if it okay. only it wasn't well used. we could put it on ebay yeah. get it on there yeah
And that's the end of today's paper cuts. We've got the secret to the perfect serving of beans on toast, but we're only going to tell the members of the supporters club about it. So if you want to know, you better join us. Thanks to John. Bye-bye. Thank you. And thanks to Fergus. Thank you. Remember, we'd love your support so we can continue to bring paper cuts to you every single weekday. There's no media fat cat bigwig behind us. We are entirely independent, so all your contributions are hugely welcome. £3 a month means you get every episode without adverts. And if you support us with a little bit more, you can enjoy an exclusive story or two at the end of each episode, plus the chance to get your hands on the gorgeous paper cuts, t-shirts and mugs which will win you friends and massive influence in life. Follow the show notes to back.papercutshow.com to find out more. Our fabulous supporters get a shout out on the show and here are three now. Hello and thank you very much to Catherine Granham. And thank you, Tracy Henley. And mercy buckets to David Ravji smith and Peter Austin. I've been Miranda Sawyer and you've been listening to Paper Cuts on a Day when The Telegraph tells us about a German tourist who has visited Hull every year for the past three decades after he fell in love with the full English breakfast. Hull councillor Calvin Neal said that Mr Schmidt's annual contribution was keeping the city going. <laughs> See you on Monday. <laughs>